there are a lot of people that want to win contracts, but let me tell you, there are times when very big and valuable contracts go out for solicitation and a, and a very small number of people actually submit proposals. Hmm. And so it's not uncommon that the best candidate who submitted a proposal is going to be awarded the contract. So what that means is there may be a company out there that is an exact bullseye for that particular contract, but if they don't submit a proposal, they cannot win the contract. What is up, Action Taker? Welcome back to After Hours Entrepreneur, your guide to the first six-figure year of your business. I'm your host, Mark Savant, and today we're coming to you live from South Florida, the Levon Center at NSU Nova Southeastern University here in Davie, Southeast Florida. This recording took place during the Space Day event here, which is a merging of private and public all coming together to innovate around the science and business of space. And one of the things that I think is really important as entrepreneurs is that we're always looking to the skies, both figuratively and literally. Because innovation, my friends, is where all the gains are going to come from. So in this episode, in this series of episodes, you're going to be hearing from students, entrepreneurs, business folks, people in government, and we're going to be sharing all the ways that you can leverage the industry of space to grow your business and grow your income. With all that said, let's get into this fresh episode here of the After Hours Entrepreneur, which is provided to you by podcast production agency, Mark Savant Media. You can go to www.marksavantmedia.com to launch your profitable podcast today. All right, let's get into the episode. Kevin, what's up? Hey. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> you know, I'm just really honored to be sitting with you here at the Levan Center, South Florida, Nova Southeastern University. Thanks for yeah. joining me here on the yeah. show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Kevin, as we were kind of chatting before we even hopped Onto the recording here, you've done a lot of cool things, a lot of amazing things. And, you know, one of the things I find compelling is you were in the, uh, in the Air Force. Yep, Air Force. Air Force, and then in the Space Force. Yep. And now you're just doing all these amazing things for entrepreneurs, for businesses, consulting. Tell me a little bit about that transition from government to private sector. Sure, yeah. Um, so my last two years, I'll back it up a little bit. I did 23 years in the Air Force, but my last two years in the Air Force were the first two years that the Space Force existed. So uh, my final assignment uh, was helping to stand up the Space Force. I was one of the first senior enlisted leaders assigned to the Space Force, which is wow. super cool, very historic, um, a lot of great challenges, uh, because that had not been done um, for a long time. Previously, the 74 years prior when the Air Force broke off of the Army was the last time that the United States created its own and new independent service. So, mm. you know, if it ever happens again, it's probably not in our lifetime. So I was really happy to be a part of that. Yeah, and the Space Force, I mean, it seems like that should have happened years ago. So anyway, I think it's really cool Yeah. That you know, that it's happening now. A lot of opportunities. It is. It is. Um, even while I was in the military, I had a bit of an entrepreneurial um, spirit and some um, introductory level opportunities there. I mentioned my wife and I started a business, small business, when I was in the military. We published children's books, uh, which I believe kind of offered a, a, a laughable dichotomy between 
my career at that time in special operations. You know, I was jumping out of planes and going on combat missions in special operations and then publishing children's books at night. Um, so maybe that balanced me out a little bit, um, if anything can. Um, but uh, while I was still in the military, uh, I connected through my network with John, who's now the CIO of the Allen B. Levin Center, uh, because it was just getting started. And among um, other initiatives, they wanted to help entrepreneurs connect uh, in all areas, and one of them being the government sector as well. One of my additional duties while I was in the military was as a contract officer representative. So I've been on the government side of awarding contracts, and so I'm familiar with those processes and proposal development and what the award um, sequence looks like. And so I've been volunteering on the advisory council with that um, Levin Center for almost a year and a half now in helping entrepreneurs uh, who want to begin, they, they have an existing idea or product or processes, and they want to begin doing work with the federal government, um, state-level governance as well, or the Department of Defense, and how to do that. Because that can be a big um, um, thing, you know, for an, an entrepreneur doing business in itself. There's a lot of angles to cover, but now you say you want to do business with the government. Um, that can be a scary thing for a lot of people, but the reality is, particularly regarding space, if you're not considering doing business with the government and you're serious about making money, you're overlooking a huge um, um, possibility. Right. Right. Well, there's all the infrastructure, like you said, the Space Force, all Cape Canaveral. Yes. The idea of taking a business or an idea, my small little idea, and then connecting with the federal government, you think about a pretty big budget, pretty big, pretty big budget. Yeah. That seems like a big deal. But how do we stand out? I imagine there's a lot of companies. There's a lot of people that want to win those contracts. Sure. What's the first way? What's one of the best ways that I can stand out and set myself apart? So there, there are a lot of people that want to win contracts. But let me tell you, having been on the other side... There are times when very big and valuable contracts go out for solicitation and a, and a very small number of people actually submit proposals. Hmm. And so it's not uncommon that um, the best candidate is going to be awarded the contract. The best candidate who submitted a proposal is going to be awarded the contract. So what that means is... There may be a company out there that is an exact bullseye for that particular contract, but if they don't submit a proposal, they cannot win the contract. Mm. And so there are times when um, a company who might be a competitor who did see the solicitation and did get their proposal in that is eventually awarded that because it got in front of that particular contract office, right? Um, so... It is um, critical that anyone who wants to do business, and if they're going to do it through um, the open contracting process, that they're monitoring, monitoring for those contract opportunities. They have their proposals ready, and they're submitting on time. Okay, um, There are other opportunities and organizations uh, that are federally funded that um, host events like Challenge Days and Industry Days where they'll invite um, organizations and companies who specialize in whatever area they're interested in to come and present their 
um, capability in booths and in demonstrations for the government and the military to see it and potentially latch on to it as well. Sure. Sure. So basically the federal government says we need X. Yep. Who can provide X? Yes. So how do we know when the government is actually saying that we need X? I got a million things going on. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. Yep. How do we know? How do we stay in the loop of when opportunities arise? Well, if you want to try to, you can do it yourself, but it takes time, of course. And that's always the challenge of being an entrepreneur (laughs) is time management. Um, You can hire companies and consultants that can do that for you. And I I do that for some clients um, at this time. Uh, But if you want to look at that yourself, you can look at SAM.gov, which is a uh, government website where um, um, open source solicitations are listed on a daily basis by all different government agencies. It's not just the Department of Defense, but you'll see FEMA, the Department of State, and others put contracts up there. Um, And you can get in touch with organizations such as Defense Works, which are federally funded organizations to help uh, bring small businesses and civilian technology to the defense sector. Brilliant. Brilliant. So when I'm thinking about what is the federal government putting money into, where are the opportunities there? Things that kind of pop off in my head, firstly, is solar you know, clean energy, solar panels, that sort of thing. I'd imagine there's a lot, you know, I don't even remember the billions of dollars they're pouring into that. That seems like a good place to go. Probably drones, drone research, drone products, probably a good place to go. What else? What else is out there? What are some of the big opportunities coming up over the coming years? It's, um, that's a big question. And there's, <laughs> there's lots of answers to that. Um, you know, if you look at if, you know, here we are today on space day, Um, And I spent this morning talking about the defense side of space operations. Um, I think there's a lot of big opportunities, uh, not just space for space, but space for ground as well. So there are terrestrial um, requirements that the Space Force and Spacecom and the other military services have um, that a lot of small businesses can provide um, uh, to the military in this particular example. But... Um, You know, what does the Department of State need? What does the Department of Education need? What does the Department of Transportation need? These are all government agencies. And the answer is they need a lot of things. Um, But it's important to remember that they can't do everything for themselves, okay? Which is why there needs to be a habitual and organic and healthy relationship between the government and small businesses. Yeah. I think some small businesses have an aversion to the government for a variety of reasons. Maybe they had a bad experience with, uh, you know, the IRS or, or any particular government organization. And so they lump every government uh, organization into the same category and say, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But um, the reality is when it comes to things like space, um, the defense side of space spends as much, if not more, money than the civilian side of space combined um, any given year. And so I think you have, if, if you're in the business of making money, right, and if you're doing business and you're not trying to make money, then you're running a nonprofit organization, okay, or it's a hobby. Uh, but if you're trying to make money, then I think you need to be considering doing business with the government. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to your point, 
pretty big customer there. And, you know, you can have a thousand small customers. You can have one big customer. That's right. There's, there's, there's pros and cons. Yes. there. But I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. That's exactly right. And, you know, I, t- to me, to your point, it does seem kind of scary to me working with an organization that's that big, that's that bureaucratic, all the red tape. So, you know, I just appreciate you sitting down here for a few minutes, um, Kevin, from the executive action group. That's right. Dot com to kind of give some quick tips yep. on how we can get started. Yep. Um, Kevin, I want to get into the rapid fire. Okay. So I hope you're ready. The rapid Let's fire is pretty intense, but I want to get into that. Where is the best place for me to find you online, Kevin? Where's the best place to find you? I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on uh, executiveactiongroup.com is my company's website as well. Uh, but I would recommend that you reach out to me through the website or LinkedIn, and then we can have a conversation about how I can either individually help an entrepreneur cut through that red tape um, or put them in touch with someone who's already doing it. Maybe there's a subcontracting opportunity for them as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Perfect. Cool. Kevin, get your parachute ready. We're jumping out. Let's it's rapid go. fire time. Let's Wait, go. Wait, you want to hear a funny parachuting story? Yes, I do. I mean, come on. <laughs> do you you want to hear the love story of me, how me and my wife met? I do. When I, uh, a long time ago, I was teaching uh, parachuting in the military. And my wife was a rigger. She packed parachutes. And so um, I had already been in this squadron, and she was the new girl. And the first parachute that she ever packed, I went over and snatched it up and took it and jumped it out of a plane with a bunch of students that day, came back and said, hey, good job. I'm not dead. How'd you like to go out to dinner tonight? And now we're married with babies. So I'm, a, I'm a career parachutist, and it's part of my uh, family's history. So uh, good good analogy. Good analogy. I didn't, I didn't even know. that. Yeah, and if that's not trust... That's I don't right. know what it is. I don't know what it that's is. Right. <laughs> I just, I'm just thankful that my wife didn't forget the banana for my lunchbox today. So, yeah, parachute, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, put it on me. All right. Rapid fire. What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, scariest movie? I don't know. It's Halloween time, maybe I should say. I'm not a big movie guy, um, <laughs> actually. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um. Uh, I don't know. I, I recently watched Top Gun 2. It's scary for me um, to have to admit as a career airman that that movie was actually pretty good but, because uh, it's a Navy movie. How about that? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, if you could be any animal, what would you be? I would be a tiger. Good answer. A, because a tiger um, represents preparedness. A tiger... Um, doesn't just accidentally come across its prey. Hmm. A tiger is prepared, it stalks its prey, and it goes and hunts it. It's not an opportunity-based animal. It's a predator. Yeah, no, tigers are awesome. Tigers are awesome. Tiger King, underrated, overrated. <laughs> I, told you, I don't watch a lot of TV. I, I never actually saw it, but I've seen all the memes. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, if you're on death row, what would you order for your final meal? Um, probably a couple Chick-fil-A sandwiches. <laughs> you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk's Starlink, overrated, underrated? I, well, I just got back from Poland where I um, spent some time with the International Stability Operations Association. 
um, trying to solve the problems across Ukraine, mm. which are massive right now, probably much worse than what we see in the U.S. news on a daily basis. So with that in mind, I would say Starlink is probably underrated if you are in Ukraine and have no connectivity. It was a lifesaver there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Where are you going to be in 10 years? Hopefully on a catamaran sailing around the world. I still have to convince my wife that she wants to do it too. <laughs> That's a tough, that can be a tough sale. That's great. That's great. Kevin, final question for you. If you had 10 seconds with yourself 10 years ago, what would you say? Um, everything you're thinking about doing, do it even if you think you're not ready. Because you'll probably fail, but you'll learn lessons from it and you can get right back up and do it again. Love that. Yep. Love that. Love that. Kevin said it. I agree with it. Thank you, brother. Thanks for being on yeah, the show. Man. Thanks for having me. Boom. I hope you enjoyed this episode of After Hours Entrepreneur. Thank you for subscribing, and we will catch you here next time on the show. Listen, we've given you the tools. Now it's your turn. Go take the action. See you soon. Peace. <laughs>